0: Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Journey, Commitment, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on March 17th, 2019.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Pastor Floyd. Hey, my cheering section. If you want to be a part of that, there's a little form you can fill out later on. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I wanted to share with you this morning as we continue going through the book of Jeremiah, if you would grab your Bibles, iPhones, iPads, whatever you use um, uh, to read God's Word and turn uh, to Jeremiah chapter Thirteen, And we're going to look at the first 11 verses uh, of this passage. But I wanted to share with you before we begin um, my own personal, a portion of my own personal journey um, of faith. Um, early on, I gave my life back to Jesus, if you will, when I was about 18, 19 years old. And just before um, I did that, I kind of lived a life that really wasn't, not kind of, I guess I should say, I really didn't live a life that was reflective of who Jesus was in my life. Um, I gave my life to Jesus for the very first time when I was about uh, 10 years old, and I, I got baptized. I had the privilege to be get baptized with my grandmother, which was an awesome memory, and I'll never forget that. Um, but as I moved into my teenage years and as I became a high schooler, um, I started to move away from Christ. And there are some variables that, that kind of played into that in, in my own personal walk. Uh, one is that that uh, because of the, the kid and the and the people that I surrounded myself with, I knew who to hang out with to do the things that I wanted to do is basically what I'm saying. So I surrounded myself with with people that, that wanted to do the things that I wanted to do also. Um, as, I, as I did that... There was never this moment where God was so far from me or, or God was so away from me because I always sensed and I always felt a calling and a prodding from God's Spirit. I always knew when I wasn't walking with God because God would always do things and remind me in moments. There was, there was times in my life where, where I faced um, literal death in my life. There was there was moments where where death was at my door and God would use those moments to remind me of his love and his grace. There were probably some of the toughest moments that I I experienced as, as a young man, as a teenager. And, uh, but as I went on this journey of faith with God, as I, as I talked to God, even in the moments when I really wasn't walking, per se, on a daily basis with God, even in those moments, there was always a dialogue with God. There was always these, these moments when I'd be laying in my bed or I'd be uh, just kind of in my room or these moments when my mom was praying for me or, or just talking to me, reading the scriptures over me, when I would have this conversation with God and it was my own personal journey of faith and it may be a lot like yours it may be in those moments when when you sit and you hear God's voice and you and you sense him talking to you and and having this conversation with you um but what I realized is I, as I look back on those moments when I was about 18 19 years old I had this group of friends and I, that I hung out with and, and they were great friends you know they they always had my back um we we had a lot of fun together Um uh, But we weren't living for God. We were just kind of living for ourselves and doing a lot of things that really, for me, weren't reflective of who God was in my life. Well, I remember the moment that I actually gave my life back to Christ. It was a tough moment. Again, death was at my door. And, and as I did that, I went back to my friends and I told them, I said, hey, you know what? Something happened to me this last week and, and, and I've made a decision to walk with Jesus. I made a decision to follow Christ. And uh, both of them, there's two of them that were a big part of my life. Uh, both of them just kind of looked at me funny and, and really didn't know what to say. But I remember as I kind of went on that journey, one of the guys there, and I won't mention his name, but one of the guys there, he kind of made this comment to me at one point, because when we'd get together, we would get together just basically to drink and do bad things. And and he made this comment to me, and he said this specifically, he says, "Well, well, if you're not going to drink with us, then why hang out with us? Yeah, and in that moment, I remember feeling just some mixed emotions. And and one of them was, you know, well, we're friends, aren't we? Why why can't we just hang out? Why can't we just have fun together without that? You know, another thought that I had was, was, is he telling me that he just doesn't like me anymore? That because I'm a Christian now, because I want to walk with Jesus, that he wants nothing to do with me? You know there were there were some confusing emotions and as a as a young teenager i didn't realize or or even acknowledge or understand these emotions and part of me just got angry part of me just said you know what heck with you then i don't need you i'll go do my own thing you go do your own thing and we just won't be friends anymore but as i look back on those moments as I kind of think about that, that moment in my journey of faith, as I kind of stood up and, and proclaimed a faith in Jesus Christ, I realized that my friend actually did something really important for me. See, what he did for me is he challenged my commitment. He made me think, am I really going to be committed to this thing that I said that I was moving towards? Or would I stay committed to them? But either way, he was challenging my commitment. See, and as I look back on those moments, I realized that in those moments, God had to humble me. There had to be an aspect of humility in my life to be able to move forward on the journey that God had placed in my life. See, because I, I grew up in a home where, where we were very proud you know it was kind of a man's world if you if you will and 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 as men we had to rule kind of with authority you know i had all these men around me that that you know kind of kind of lowered women in a lot of ways mistreated women in a lot of ways you know they they taught us i was taught to to kind of be the authority and to rule and have a lot of pride and I realized in these moments as, as I went on this journey with God, I realized that, that, that God had to humble me. That there were some mindsets that had to change in regards to how I saw people around me, how I, how I moved forward in this journey, if I was actually going to be committed in my faith, if I was actually going to do the things that God had called me to do and to live for him. See, as we look at our passages today, I want us to know that that when we think about the journey of faith that we are on, when you think about your own personal journey of faith, all the things that you've experienced, all the moments that have been kind of defining for you, as you look back on them and you think about the emotions and the things that kind of came along with them, the one thing that we can trust in every moment is that God is guiding us into a deeper relationship with Him. See, God used those moments. God has used some of the things that have happened in my life to help shape me into the person that He wants me to be. And I'm I'm a work in progress. I'm still being continually shaped, and and, and God is still continually working on me and helping me to see the areas in my life that I struggle with. But as I, as I realize some of those moments, there's a question that kind of comes to mind and it's reflective of our passage today. is how far am I willing to go? What am I willing to do? And I, I actually want to ask you that question this morning as you think about your journey of faith. How far are you willing to go with God? You know, many of us may know people that started out as, as Christians or maybe a, a great influences in our lives as, as believers and, and we've watched their journey through the years and, and then for whatever reason something happens maybe something tragic or a tough emotional or relational moment happens and all of a sudden you see these people that are on this journey they just stop and they, and they walk away or they, they, they fall away as we would say in churchy terms in their relationship with God we see that, that, kind of, that, that journey just kind of come to this abrupt end. You know, I've, I've heard many stories of people that have been just so excited about what God's doing in their lives and just sharing their testimony, even have become pastors and leaders in the community when it becomes, comes to faith. And then all of a sudden something happens and it's all over. It's ended. The journey is over. And this morning, as we read this passage, I want us to think about that question. I want, I want you to kind of focus in and ask yourself, How far am I willing to go on this journey? Because I'll, I'll tell you, the, the journey is long. See, we, we don't come to faith and, and run this 60 yard dash and all of a sudden it's over. We're done. We've won the race. No, the Bible teaches us that this journey is long. And sometimes in those, in those moments, we're going to face hard times. We're going to face struggles. We're going to face moments when we just do not want to go on. <laughs> See, it's similar to running a marathon. You know, I personally have ne- never run a marathon. I've run a 5K and a 10K. And I, and I know that, that even in those races, that there's a strategy, there's a purpose, and there's a plan that goes into that to be able to finish the race and finish it strong. we can't just run all out for three minutes and think the race is over I think it's a lot like our faith I think sometimes we we jump in and we just we run so hard and so fast that we, we end up using the term like burnout or I'm tired or I just can't do this anymore but I think God wants us to stay faithful to this race, stay faithful to this journey but how do we do that? How do we stay faithful in a world that, that teaches us something so different? Well, if you'd look in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6. I want to start with this verse because I think it's an important verse to remind us about our focus about the plan that God has for us and how we stay focused. And it comes from a Sermon on the Mount. And it comes from the mouth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. See, people are coming to Jesus and they're asking Him, how do we have this? And these are the things that we need and what do we need to do? And there's all these things that are going on around Jesus. And He says this very poignant thing. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Then in the next verse He says, therefore, Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. See, this encouragement from Christ is a reminder for us of what our focus should be on as we go on this journey. See, as we run this race, we need to seek first after the kingdom of God. We need to look to the heavens. We need to look to our, our Savior and keep our eyes focused on Him. It's because regardless, the day will bring its own trouble. Whether, whether it's self inflicted or world inflicted, we're going to face tough moments. God's going to ask us to do tough things. God's going to expect from us to do things that maybe aren't in our comfort zone or aren't in the things that we would want to do. But God wants us to stay faithful to the race. He wants us to stay faithful to the journey. See, as we hear this encouragement from Christ, it's a reminder for us to be prepared to trust God in every moment. And in our story today, we see that Jeremiah was faced with this very question. We see that, that God asks him to do something that will challenge him in a way that will remind you and I that the life God has created for us is just that. It's a journey. See, there'll be moments when we are anxious, there'll be moments when we are challenged, and there'll be moments that we will face troubles. But through it all, we can know that God has a plan for our lives. you and I are meant to be a part of that plan. We have to do our part to ensure God fulfills His plan. Well, let's pray and let's seek to draw closer to God through His Word. Father, we just thank You for another day. Father, this morning, we we pray that You would open our eyes to Your marvelous words. Father, there are riches and treasure in everything that You say to us. And everything that you want to show us. Father, and we know that you are an intentional God. You are sovereign and you have a plan. Father, we know that you want us to commit, commit to this plan, to go on this journey, to trust you the whole way through, and to stay faithful to it. But Father, we need your strength, we need your help, we need your spirit. So this morning, as we we read the words of of the prophet Jeremiah, as we hear your voice speak to us, Father, I pray that, that you would embolden us and empower us and that you would fill us with your spirit so that we might be faithful and that we might go all the way. Father, we love you and we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Thus says the Lord to me, Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it around your waist, and do not dip it in water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord, and I put it around my waist. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, Take the loincloth that, that you have bought, which is around your waist, and arise, go to the Euphrates and hide it there in a cleft of the rock. So I went and I hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. And after many days the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates and take from there the loincloth that I commanded you to hide there. Then I went to the Euphrates and dug, and I took the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it. And behold, the loincloth was spoiled. It was good for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Thus says the Lord, Even so will I spoil the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own heart and have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing." For as the loincloth clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. But they they would not listen. So there are a few things that, that will help us as we, as we go on this journey of faith. One is that, that we are to be committed to the plan. Again, if you look at the, the first couple of verses there, verses 1 and 2, it says, Thus says the Lord to me, Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it around your waist, and do not dip it in water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord, and I put it around my waist. See, we see here, God sets the plan into motion By simply asking Jeremiah to do something very specific. He asks him to go and buy a particular item and put this item on. It's the beginning of a plan. A plan to do something in and through Jeremiah. See, in every plan, there is a process. And with that process, there is an outcome or an end goal. I wonder, what is God asking you to do this morning? Maybe what has God already asked of you to do? What's his plan for your life? You know, we, we see this happening, and I, I don't know if you see the picture that God is drawing here in these first couple of verses. He says, go buy a, a loincloth. And, and, and if you don't know what a loincloth is, it's basically an outer garment that they would wrap around their waist. And, and we don't know if, if, if Jeremiah wore this under his garments or above his garments but our best assumption is that he had to wear them on the outside and there's something important that we have to note here because Jeremiah is listening to God's plan and God is asking him to do something very specific with a very specific item there's a question here that we have to ask why is God doing this what's his point in all of this See, God has a plan. And He's very specific about how He wants His plan to be unfolded. And He's doing some things here specifically to help us answer this question of how far are we willing to go. See, because what God is asking Jeremiah to do is kind of odd. Could you imagine... If I stood up here and I actually thought about doing it with a loincloth, <laughs> an outer garment on my high waist there. Imagine the response that, that we would get from, from people around us if we did something like that. Well, isn't it no different than, than the response that we get sometimes from people when we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ in our world around us? Is it any different than when I went to my friend and I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to stop doing the things that I was doing with you guys and I'm going to start moving towards a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, my friend's natural response to me was, oh, you're going to be one of those refried beans? (laughs) Oh yeah, actually that's what I'm hoping to be. see, it's all part of God's plan. And as we go on this journey, we have to trust in what God is asking of us. We have to be willing to do what He asks of us to do. This is a reminder in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not just with a little bit of you, but it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. He says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. You hear that? See, the, this plan that, that God had for Jeremiah, what God asked Jeremiah to do, in Jeremiah's mind, we don't know this, but he may have thought, What? <laughs> This is silly, God. What do you mean put a loincloth on? What do you mean go and do this? You know, I I think it's a lot like what we sometimes do with God when He asks us to do something. What, God? Quit my job? (laughs) Why, God? Why should I quit my job? What? Help those people over there? Why should I do that, God? That's kind of silly. See, it tells us, don't lean on our own understanding, but trust God in all our ways, with all our heart. See, the answer to how far we will go is a reflection of how deep our trust is in God. Don't you think that's true? I don't know about you, but but early in my walk with God, you know, I said I trusted you. I, I used those words. I said, God, you know, I, I trust and I believe. Even today, when I pray in the mornings and, and when I spend time with God privately, I, I say that kind of over and over, not, not just to remind God, but also to remind myself that, that I trust in Him and I believe in what He's doing. See, when we trust in God, it's a reflection Of how far we'll go. What we're willing to do. In accordance to his plan. See we have to trust him. Every step of the way. In every moment. Even in the moments. When we don't completely understand. And I I don't know about you guys. But there's a lot of those moments for me. It really is. There's a lot of those moments. when, When God asks me to do something. And I don't completely understand it. I just have to trust him. In every moment. See, we know that God is sovereign. And His plans are greater than any of our plans. So we should commit to Him. Trust Him on the journey. See, this. this when we do this, this makes our faith an active faith. It makes a, it a faith that actually moves towards something. It's the process that moves us to the end goal. And it does this. It lets His words Become our actions. See in verses 3 through 5, it says, And the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Verse 4 Take the loincloth that you have bought, which is around your waist, and arise, go to the Euphrates and hide it there in a cleft on the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. Key verse there, 5. Jeremiah says, So I went to the Euphrates, and I did as the Lord commanded me. You know, some say that this journey that God sent Jeremiah on was maybe just a dream that he was sharing with the rest of us. Maybe it was just him, you know, kind of a, a, a just sharing a vision that God gave him of this loincloth and, and what he was setting into motion as far as what he wanted to communicate to his people and help them to understand. But it, it's very clear that that's not the case. We, we see faith move into action because Jeremiah himself says, and so I went. Not and so I saw, and so I went, and I did as the Lord commanded. So Jeremiah set out on this journey, this week-long, two-week-long journey. See, where he was in the Euphrates, there was a wide gap. It wasn't just like walking around the block to do this for God. These were miles upon miles of separation, and he had to go on this journey. He had to be willing to trust in God and make his faith Move to action See, Jeremiah responded with a mindset of "I'll do anything, whatever it takes, no matter what, to help my people. You know, a, lot of, a lot of scholars call Jeremiah the weeping prophet because we see here as we read in the previous passages where, where there's this lamentation, this lament for the people as God places his judgment on, on the people. And Jeremiah cries and he weeps for the people. He's hurt and he's broken and he expresses sorrow for the things that are going to happen if the people don't turn from their evil ways. See, in Jeremiah, knowing that that he is a prophet from God, understanding that God has a plan and a purpose, he's willing to put his faith into action. See, when you and I walk in faith, God's word turns into action people see, they take notice. They're more likely to move away from their evil ways. They're more likely to move to a faith of their own than if we just sit and talk about our faith. When they see our faith lived out, when they see us moving towards the things that are are heavenly, when they see that we're seeking first the kingdom of God, they're more likely to move by faith towards a faith. See, by faith, you too can go on this journey. By faith, you will go on this journey, and by faith, you will experience a more deeper and more intimate relationship with God, the God that created you. See, and it goes back to what Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and then God will take care of everything else. See, this is what God is showing us by using Jeremiah and this loincloth. He's given us this picture of the intimacy that he wants to have with his people, this, this close, deep, intimate relationship that he wants to have with you personally. And just like in any relationship, unfortunately, there's one key factor that usually gets in the way. It's a familiar word, we use it often. Usually we point to men in this, but I think the, the ladies are just as guilty as, as we are as men. I think our teenagers are just as guilty of this as, as anybody else. I think it's more of a, of a humanity thing, but the one thing that always gets in the way of any relationship is pride. Would you agree with that? See, and I think that's what God's pointing to us to here today as He talks about this picture of the loincloth and wearing it close to the body, that intimacy that God wants for us. He's helping us to say and understand that we need to move away from our pride, that we have to humble ourselves. Verses 9 and 10. Thus says the Lord, even so, I will spoil the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. Listen to the word he uses for his own people. Remember, the Israelites are God's chosen people. You and I are God's people. We're his children. We've been adopted into this relationship. He says, this evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stumbly." follow their own heart and have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them shall be like this loincloth which is good for nothing. See, the loincloth was created and the picture of this loincloth was so that God could have intimacy with his people. But because of our behaviors, because we have gone our own way, because of our pride, because of our pride, God calls us evil. And he says we're good for nothing. See what pride does to a relationship? It turns it into good for nothing. I want to offer us three things that, that I think God has given us here that will help us move away from our pride and move towards the spirit of humility that God wants for all of his people. The first thing is is simply we just have to listen to God. Don't refuse the treasure that is offered to you through and in God's word. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Listen to God. See, God's word has been given to you and I so that we can hear from God, so we can have a better understanding of the life that God created for us, the life that God wants for us. The other thing is that we have to understand that humility is selfless. Sometimes I think we confuse that. We think we're, we're, we're walking humbly or we're being humble just because we show up. Our presence is what creates that humility. Oh, I'm here. You know, I think about early on in my relationship with my wife in our marriage. I, I had a lot of pride. And, and in my mind, my wife should, be, should have been grateful that I was even there. But, but that's not what God teaches us. Humility is selfless. Humility puts the other person before yourself. Humility understands that, that, that our faith in action serves one another. That's why Jesus says that, that we are to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and soul, all of our being, everything that we are, and then we're to love our neighbors also. See, because it starts with seeking after the kingdom of God and then it starts goes on to loving others. And I'll tell you what, you, you're third or fourth or fifth down on the list. See, Jesus came and he modeled that because humility is selfless. Those who follow off after their own way will never know what it means to have intimacy with God. Did you catch that? See, it says, they followed after their own hearts. They did what they thought was right. It was their own understanding of right and wrong. And Jesus, God says this to the psalmist, Psalm 138, 6, For for though the Lord is high, He regards the lowly, but the haughty He knows from afar. See, God opposes the proud. He seeks after the humble. Because the humble are selfless. The third thing that we, we see here in this couple of verses is that we are to simply just trust God. See, the man who trusts man will not dwell with God, but the man who trusts God will be blessed with a life that bears the fruit of God's righteousness. See, what happens when we trust man? We turn man into our God. We serve man instead of serving God. We put our trust in one another in the sense that you're going to meet all of my expectations. You're going to help me to to live the right life and do all the good life. But I'll tell you what, man will let you down. I always tell people, don't put me too high on a platform. And that's why this one's only about six inches. If you didn't notice, because I'm going to fall. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to fail you. I'm going to say things. I'm going to do things. I'm gonna make mistakes. Not intentionally, maybe. Maybe sometimes intentionally, I don't know. I'm human just like anybody else. But the variable is where have you placed your trust? See, I think we make that mistake in today's church is that, that we hold up these these pastors and they become these icons and these idols. And we've seen lately how these idols and these icons that are ten stories high, how far they fall. Listen to what the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17 about the man who trusts God. It says in verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not, what? Does not fear when the heat comes for its leaves remain green. Do you see that picture of what it means to follow God and to trust God? But in order to do that, we have to humble ourselves. We have to become less and let God become more in our lives. See, as we close, I believe that that God wants us to know that He wants us to go all the way on this journey. He didn't set us up to fail. He set us up to succeed. He's given us everything that we need for this life. He's done everything that He can do and He will continue to do His part on this journey to set us up so that we can have victory. And that victory comes through Jesus Christ. A personal, more deep relationship with Jesus Christ. See, your part is to commit to the plan. Your part is to stay faithful on that plan. That's focusing your eyes on God. Committing to the plan and taking action. Taking the steps. Doing what God is asking you to do. Whatever it may be, doing what God is asking you to do. Not leaning on your own understanding or what you think is right or what you think is wrong. But what God's word says is right. And what God's word says is wrong. I've got to imagine, as as Jeremiah shared this with the Israelites, and and he used these words, and he said, You people are evil. Thus says the Lord God, that the life that you're living is completely wrong and completely out of bounds. You have begun to worship your own gods. You've created and gone after these gods that aren't really gods. They're just things. So if you look at our world around us today, it's not a lot, not a lot different, even within the church. See, so God wants us to commit to the plan, take action, and do it with a spirit of humility. The journey is long, but the faithful will prevail. God has set us up to win. question is, are you ready to commit to the journey? And are you willing to go the distance? Let's pray together. Father, we come before You and our hearts are to seek You first. Our hearts are to to walk with You and to live for You and honor You with our lives. Honor You with the things that we say, with the things that we do, and the way we live. Father, but we're not always so great about doing that. Father, the flesh is weak and sometimes we just... We turn our eyes away from you. Father, sometimes our, our pride gets in the way. Sometimes we allow what people might think of us to get in the way of what you think of us. Father, there, there's just one, one strong word that, that just stands out for us today, and that is just the word to commit. To commit our lives to you wholeheartedly, Completely every way that we might seek first the kingdom of God and all of your righteousness. See, that's a picture of total commitment because nothing else gets in the way of who you are. Nothing else gets in the way of what you want to do. But sometimes our pride, it gets in the way of what we should do. Sometimes our pride gets in the way of what you want us to do and how you want us to live. And so, Father, I come before you we come before you as the church and, and we ask for forgiveness for those moments when we let our pride get in the way. Father, we ask that you would humble us, show us how you want us to live for you, Father. Show us your way and not our own. And Father, today we'll, we'll commit to that journey. Today we'll take a step towards that journey. Father, We'll give ourselves to you in full surrender. Father, we pray that that you would guide us as we do this. Father, that you would provide for us as we do this. Father, we pray that that you would help us by the power of your spirit to be bold and courageous. Father, to, to live in a way that would be in step with your spirit. So that we might bear the fruit of your righteousness no matter what people will say, no matter what this world will do, Father, that we would be faithful on this journey. Father, we thank you that that you open our eyes to the wondrous things of your word, to the glory of your riches. Father, we just thank you so much for your love for us, the grace that you've shown us through this prophet Jeremiah, for the words that you have spoken, through the things that you have done. And I pray, I pray, Father, today, today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day that we fully commit and we don't look back. We stay focused on all the things that you have for us. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we give you glory all in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.